Welcome to The Ugly Game, a brand new football podcast covering the dark side of the world's most popular sport. From ritualistic killings committed by popular local players to highly publicized instances of murder and betrayal, we'll visit all four corners of the globe to explore soccer's seedy underbelly. England is widely recognized as the birthplace of football and the nation's affiliation with the sport is hard to deny, with clubs founded as early as the 1840s and attendances constantly increasing. Tribalism between opposing teams is fierce. Britain is also the home of Saturday afternoon terrace culture, where fanatical supporters can be found in their thousands. Come rain or shine, these devoted followers are right behind their club of birth from the beginning of the match until the very final whistle. The footballing pyramid is undeniably one of the strongest in the world, with four levels of fully professional teams, stretching from Cornwall to Cumbria. Even matches within the fifth tier of the game can attract five-figure attendances, and strong showings within the English Football League can very quickly lead to stardom for talented players. Prominent names including national team captain Harry Kane, Dortmund talent Jude Bellingham, and Roma sensation Tammy Abraham all made their name in the EFL. But with newfound success and wealth, some can stray down the wrong path. Local fame and sudden financial freedom are incentives to work hard for, though such prominence also comes with pressure and expectation. While some may cope with this by strengthening their mental fortitude, others will take a different route. Whether making expensive purchases, heavily drinking and abusing substances, or falling in with the wrong crowd, there are plenty of stories to tell when it comes to the various divisions of the English Football League. Though there are usually repercussions for those who make costly mistakes while in the public eye, the euphoria of sporting success can make those involved feel untouchable, held up as heroes and paid handsomely for their exploits. There are plenty who feel professional footballers should be stripped of this privilege if found guilty of wrongdoing. As long as performances are impressive on the pitch, the question remains whether fans should be made to hold their idols accountable for mistakes. Within this episode, we'll be taking a look at a case which stretched this moral dilemma to its very limit. With a family torn apart, allegations and gossip circulated nationwide, and second chances controversially provided, we'll examine the EFL's culture of forgiveness. What he's done was wrong, but spent his time, so why not? He killed two children, in for the father in the wheelchair. They've got nothing now, and he's gonna get everything. Imagine the scene. A young professional footballer at the very top of his game, enjoying the summer after leading his boyhood club to an unexpected 10th place finish in the championship. Now, imagine that same player speeding home from a teammate's wedding over twice the legal alcohol limit. 
at over 100 miles per hour. The decisions of Luke McCormick on the morning of June the 7th, 2008, would change a handful of lives forever and result in the deaths of young Aaron and Ben Peak, aged just 10 and eight. The children's father, Phil Peak, was seriously injured in the crash, which was caused by the heavily intoxicated goalkeeper falling asleep at the wheel. John Jones, the defense lawyer for McCormick, claimed that the goalkeeper had been upset at the time due to a malicious rumor concerning his fiance. But the 24-year-old was eventually sentenced to seven years and four months imprisonment. Prior to the horrific events of that early morning on the motorway, the footballer was considered a star in the making, with around 150 EFL appearances to his name. Still young for his position, a future in the Premier League wasn't out of the question, as a former England youth player with impressive maturity on the pitch. McCormick was making history for his boyhood side, setting a new club record of seven clean sheets in a row during the 2004 season. During the summer break, he had decided to attend the wedding of former teammate David Norris, which was taking place in Bolton making his way to the event in a large black Range Rover. McCormick paid no mind to his journey back home the next day, anticipating a night of heavy drinking and celebrations. Court testimonies revealed that McCormick had drunk beer and Sambuca during the night and had only slept for two hours, as something was on his mind. Social media posts the previous evening had suggested his girlfriend was cheating on him. Therefore, the keeper decided before the break of dawn that he would drive back to Coventry and confront her. Before getting into his vehicle, other wedding attendees suggested he would be foolish to drive home in an angry and intoxicated state, though he ignored the pleas of his friends. Meanwhile, Phil Peak and his two sons had woken up early and were excited to attend a track day at Silverstone Racecourse. Traveling from their home in Greater Manchester, the two vehicles would encounter each other just before 6 a.m. With McCormick fatigued and veering dangerously, the imposing Range Rover vehicle suddenly came into the view of the father's rear mirror only when it was too late. Traveling at almost a hundred miles per hour, McCormick's eyes were closed and he was slumped forward. The smaller Toyota Previa was hit forcefully from behind by McCormick's speeding car, which sent the vehicle spinning out of control. It would then leave the road and plow down into an embankment. Colliding with a crowded assortment of trees, the impact left the front of the family car crushed and dismantled. 
with the aftermath of the incident leaving the vehicle as a mere wreckage. Thrown forward with force, the two schoolboys, Aaron and Ben, died immediately. While their father, Phil, was recovered from the wreckage by emergency workers and left with life-altering spinal injuries. The other passengers, a 49-year-old man and his two young sons, miraculously only suffered minor scrapes. Remaining near the scene but appearing dazed and confused, McCormick was inconsolable, repeatedly apologizing to members of the public and response workers. The police soon arrived to piece together what had happened. Breathalyzed at the scene, McCormick was found to be more than two times over the drink drive limit, with 74 micrograms of alcohol in 100 milliliters of breath. Without a struggle, the disgraced player was taken to a local police station, where he was subjected to questioning. Admitting his error of judgment and never attempting to justify himself, every moment of this was captured on camera documented on the popular episodic TV show, Police Camera Action. McCormick was unaware of the extent of his crimes until he overheard an arresting officer discussing the road traffic death. At this point, the seriousness of the situation began to sink in. Court proceedings were swift and accelerated by McCormick's admission of guilt Jailed for seven years and four months, the appointed judge told the keeper that he had prioritized his own perceived needs over the safety of other road users. Coverage of this incident in the UK was heavy, while McCormick was condemned online and in the streets by strangers. Many believed the conviction wasn't harsh enough, considering two young lives were snatched away as a result. While the boy's grieving mother, Amanda Peake, was vocal about her agony, with her husband suffering from a broken back and neck in the accident, he was left in a wheelchair needing full-time care. This left Amanda to become his carer, all while mourning the loss of her much-loved children. Speaking following the conviction, Amanda told the courts via an impact statement, my sons will never experience the things Luke has had. Phil will carry the scars of the incident for life, and we will both carry the emotional scars forever. Soon after the jail sentence was announced, the man whose wedding McCormick had been attending caused further controversy, playing for Ipswich Town following a summer of ups and downs. David Norris made the baffling decision to perform a handcuff-style goal celebration, which some perceived to be a show of support for his old teammate who had just been jailed. Norris made the gesture in front of a crowd of 8,000, and the footage of his celebration would soon reach the headlines. Grieving mother Amanda called on his club to ban the midfielder, though Norris denied he was making a handcuff sign. Eventually, deciding to pay his dues and face up to his error of judgment, he decided to meet with Amanda and apologize. With McCormick all but forgotten about, 
eyebrows were raised once again in June of 2012, when McCormick was unexpectedly released from prison due in part to good behavior. Serving around half of his sentence, he was immediately taken on trial by established EFL club Swindon Town, though this was not without considerable uproar. Amanda Peake told a prominent national newspaper that Swindon's decision was like a kick in the stomach. And although Swindon might be a family club, they are hiring a man who has torn the family apart. With pressure mounting, the side opted not to offer him a deal. Not long after this rejection, the shot stopper was handed a lifeline by non-league club Truro City. This is a magnificent save because I'm sure there's a possible deflection on this and the keeper is moving to his left and has to readjust very, very quickly to get a right hand on this. Truro faced plenty of backlash for offering the 28-year-old a route back into the professional game, with the overriding public opinion that clubs should shun the disgraced player. Nonetheless, he was impressive enough to secure a return to league football with Oxford United the following year which was divisive, to say the least. Abuse from opposition fans on the terraces was common, with chants and threats audible throughout his appearances. Though again, McCormick continued to rebuild his professional reputation with a string of fantastic showings in goal. His performances were so significant, in fact, that he eventually re-signed for Plymouth, the same club who terminated his contract following the fateful drink-driving arrest. By this point, it was becoming accepted that the keeper would be able to forge a footballing career again to the despair of many. What wasn't expected, however, was the pedestal which Luke McCormick would be placed upon. Soon handed the prestigious role of captain back at the side where he started his career. With 350 appearances overall, McCormick hung up his boots in May 2022 and continues an affiliation with Plymouth Argyle to this day. Heavily involved in charity and community work as club captain, he now acts as a public ambassador for the EFL League One side. McCormick's story certainly contributes to the debate of whether second chances should be granted following rehabilitation and displays of genuine remorse, though many would disagree that he deserves the opportunity to be idolized by thousands vilified for a period because of one terrible decision. McCormick is now considered a Plymouth legend and is welcomed back with open arms. While he has been released from incarceration, played for four different clubs and rebuilt his reputation as a goalkeeping talent, the Peak family have been quietly grieving, attempting to fill the absence of their two sons. Speaking in 2016, Ursula Fitzhugh, a relative of the Peak family, 
revealed that they want to try and move on with their lives. Miss Fitzhugh stated to a newspaper that she believes McCormick has served his time in prison for what he did. And while he's just getting on with his life, they now want to get on with theirs. Phil and Amanda Peake have since adopted a little girl who they cherish, though the couple's application to do so was originally turned down on the basis that they were too grief-stricken. With new life breathed into their family unit, Phil is no longer gripped by depression. And although the mental and physical scars of their ordeal still linger, the legacy of Aaron and Ben still lives on. Recently becoming the faces of a campaign warning against drink and drug driving, a beaming school photograph of the cheerful boys has been placed in bars, pubs, and clubs as a stark reminder not to ingest alcohol and take to the roads. If you want to hear more tales of footballers and their crimes, subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And be sure to check out our previous episodes. Goodbye for now.